Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest, who has been holding patiently, I want to pre- thank her. She is, like I said earlier, graduate of Spelman. Uh, she's a vice, also the vice president of television at 21 Laps Entertainment. Her name is Paige Simpson. She has worked diligently to create an amazing, diverse, and bingeable content for Netflix. If you know Netflix, that term bingeable is the term they created. It's part of the production company overall television deal, which is the streaming giant. 21 Laps is the brain tile of director, producer Sean Levy, and the best known for Stranger Things, Arrival, Night at the Museum, Free Guy, and more. Paige's expertise in talent and television development allowed her to create a significant career path and work with powerhouse brands. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Paige Simpson. How you doing, Paige? Hi, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you for holding on there. I wanted to definitely get that information out about... Uh, no, it's important. It's, it's, it's really amazing because of the fact that um, you see this global presence that's coming about and going to HBCUs. And I just want to let people know that it's sometimes people can have a, a thought process tied to an HBCU, but you're a graduate of an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your experience. Tell us about what, what because I, I know so many Spelman graduates in the uh, Hollywood community. Has that been an asset to you? Um, they have. I absolutely love Spelman College, and they, they've done right by me. Um, so I hope that I do right by them um, and continue to give back. But, yes, I think our um, our community is very strong in L.A., and it's not just Spelman, but it's really, like, the entire HBCU community. We, you know, connect on personal levels and professional levels and, you know, are really helpful towards each other. So it's Howard, Hampton, Spelman, Morehouse. Um, we're really collaborative, which is great. Well, you know, I always talk about, we can talk about now, but I always like to find out how would, how did we get to now? How did we get to the, be the vice president of television at 21 Laps Entertainment? There's a journey. So you're a graduate of Spelman College. What was your degree plan? Um, my degree is in biology. 
everybody in the studio. My degree is in mathematics, by the way. So don't, don't you're not throwing me off, okay? You're not gonna throw me off, Miss Bi- Miss Biologist, okay? You're talking to a mathematician here, okay? So, so you a biologist, okay? You graduated with that degree. What made the shift? What, did you come out of college? Did you teach? Did you do research? What happened? You know, I came out and I was studying for the MCAT and shadowing female physicians of color while I was in Atlanta, and I wanted to do emergency room medicine. But one thing that I didn't realize, um, I guess in hindsight it's it's laughable, but I didn't realize that patients would die on me, Mm -hmm. um, that I would need to emotionally have to be able to deal with that. And so while I was shadowing physicians, that, of course, was happening, and I wasn't emotionally ready. And I knew that that was something that I didn't want to continue doing for the rest of my life. So coming out of Spelman, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree, but I love medicine. I love helping people. And so maybe I can go get my GRE and work for like the World Health Organization or the UN and making sure that everybody gets equal health care. So coming out of Spelman, that was my goal was to like study for the GRE, take the test and go to grad school. Um, that. You know, during the course of that, I came back home to L.A., and my mom told me I always had to use my college degree. So I was tutoring math and science um, to kids whose parents were in the industry. And so I was overhearing conversations from producers and directors and actors and really started to kind of get the bug. And so I went into casting. I worked for Tracy Twinkie Bird and Michelle Adams, and we casted Fruitvale Station. Um, and that's when I met Forrest Whitaker and Nina Yang. That's the, uh, the the uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, breakout movie, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan Coogler, correct? Yes, that is. Ryan Coogler is um, the director and uh, Black Panther, if anybody does not know. That's one of his uh, kind of like small claims to fame. <laughs> <laughs> just, a little, just a little claim to fame, Black Panther, three, you know, those, those little ones. And um, um, uh, Michael B. Jordan, if you don't know him, uh, you know, Okay, we can just continue this conversation another another day. But okay. again, you know, just, all I'm just saying, uh, Paige, throw out your flowers now. These are, you know, you say, <laughs> you know, you could actually live with that now. You know, you could have led with, you know, uh, Ryan Coogler. You know, I work with him. And Michael B. Jordan, I work with him. You know, do, do, do you need me to be your PR person? Do, 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 do we need that? But continue with the story because that's fantastic because, you know, you never know working with individuals, how they can transcend Mm -hmm. the world, you know, because these are, you know, Michael not only is a a brilliant actor and also an advocate of HBCUs, but also, also a producer of television projects. I think he's directing Creed three that's coming out and that and Creed two, I think Creed one was done by Ryan Coogler which really mm-hmm. brought that whole franchise back to life when he, as a young man, I think he was under 30 when he went up to uh, Sylvester Stallone and convinced Sylvester Stallone that, that this African-American can re, re, uh, re, re-energize his whole brand and it's taken off that. And now three crew, three movies later, we have this whole franchise. So, but that's the, but those are the people that you are around. So you have to have a certain skill set or a certain vision to maintain a relationship in the room with these people, correct? Yes, I think so. Um, I think it's about having a point of view, uh, which I think I learned from Selman, but also knowing yourself and having confidence um, in the support system, like you mentioned earlier, like in terms of feeling like I am meant to be in the room and supposed to be there. That comes from, you know, 
years at Spelman. Wow. Now, when you when you did the that that particular project, did you? Because it really was a movie that re- received a lot of uh, awards. Uh, it was a it was a, like they said a low budget project. I just, when I said low budget, I'm not saying yeah. that in a negative manner. I should say use the word independent. It was yeah, an independent indeed. production, uh, and and so where did you go from there? So from there, I went to uh, be an executive assistant at Showtime in original programming. So I worked on uh, projects like The Affair, uh, Masters of Sex, Billions. Um, and then from there, I went to manage Will Packer's TV department. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I, you know, I, I love speaking to individuals like Paige Simpson because they, they, they're so talented in the sense that that their gifts um, can uh, how they communicate, how they create relationships, and they just go to one great project after one great project, and they team to admit, okay, you know, you were tied to that. So I believe that some things that you did has something to do with the success. Now you're over with Will Packer. Will Packer is very successful. How did that relationship come about? Um, so I was at Showtime, and I really wanted to grow and use what I had learned at Showtime in terms of elevated storytelling um, for people of color. And so I wanted to work with somebody who had done it on a different scale, right? Like you mentioned, Will Packer, the king of the box office, and I think that he's been able to capture our audience and our story very well in the feature world. And so I was interested in helping him relay that success on the feature side to TV. Um, So I connected with a friend who was a Morehouse graduate and Will Packer was looking for um, a manager of TV and he sent my resume to to Will and I had a conversation. (laughs) We just had a meeting. Um, I let him know that what I wanted to do and what kind of projects I wanted to bring over in terms of, you know, like I mentioned, that elevated content that is inclusive of people of color and just really being authentically um, true to our experience. And he was like, I dig it. Let's do it. So <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Let's do it. That, that's all it was, Paige. I dig it. Let's do it. I I, 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 I laugh because it's, it, that story is so simple. It seems like, okay, let's go. You know, Paige is doing it. Why can't I do it? But along the way, I hear relationships. I hear people who are, are willing to go through the process to work hard. I hear the I hear the process of you know not being tied to your the, the, to to the course of of where people said you should be. Your degree is in biology, so certain people say, "What are you doing over here?" When people say that to yeah. you, when because you have been told along the way, as I have been told, people have questioned your decision making. Some people have said, "Why are you going over the wheel pack? You over here Showtime." What do you say when people confront you with this thing, even though it may be people that care about you? Um, yeah, I heard that a lot. I mean, I think I said it to myself a few times, too. Right? Like, <laughs> like, what am I doing? Uh, are they going to know like that imposter syndrome, too? Um, but I think that when, when they say that, I just I, I have a lot of faith in God. So I just let him order my steps. Um, but I also come prepared, right, with knowledge and I did a lot of research and reading, like uh, read a lot of books, read a lot of scripts, watched a lot of TV, a lot of bad TV, good TV features, like did my own kind of master class 
before I said this is something that I want to do. And I think um, I also wrote scripts. And I think that in order to give feedback on projects, you kind of have to understand the process that writers have to go through. So I did that myself. Um, and it was hard, and so I had a whole new um, outlook on writers and their experience and their process, um, and I just brought all of those things to the table, and I, I'm very clear on what I can do and what I can bring to the table and where I have room for improvement and growth, and I think it is that that honesty of being able to feel comfortable in the unknown that has allowed me to sit in rooms where I then you know, became knowledgeable about certain things. Wow. I have a young um, a young producer. Uh, his name is Jami. He wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, me, I'm, a, I'm a, fortunate for me. I've, uh, I'm one of the um, voters at, uh, on the, uh, several of the award platforms. And so I'm able to get these scripts and get it to him. If you were to give advice to him, being a guy who, who has his creativity, who is always asking me questions, he's always seeking advice, because I'm sure there's a lot of people like him out there that's listening to this show right now because you have stepped to a level. You actually read scripts that are submitted to you. You know exactly what you're looking for. And you and how does that process works for a young writer or some, per, some person trying to aspire to submit information to a person like you? What do you look for? Um, so what I look for, um, I am character first. So I fall in love with a character and we'll follow them on a journey through anything. I'm not um, a huge horror girl. I'm not uh, I'm not a huge comedy person per se, um, but I am a big heart person. So I want to know who your character is, what journey I'm going to follow them on, where are they coming from, what are the obstacles that they're going to be facing. Uh, and I love the twists and turns. I think Authentic storytelling is showing the flaws of characters. So I love reading scripts where women or people in general are behaving badly and enjoying it, right? Like I think there is something real and authentic and raw about that emotion. Um, and I think the, the struggle for a lot of writers and scripts that I've read is dialogue. Dialogue is very difficult for writers because it's just you sitting in front of your computer seemingly talking to yourself. Right. Um, but I think really, you know, specify your characters and give them unique tone and a unique point of view and a unique unique voice, then you can juxtapose them to other characters and the dialogue will seem seamless. But sometimes you have to step away from your computer, go do something else um, that is completely outside of the creative and come back because at some time I read scripts and it's like this character sounds just like the five other characters in the script. Uh, and it's literally because the writer is just by themselves talking in their head and in their head, they hear something different and a different tone, but it's not really coming off on the page. You know, that's why I love um, reading people's bio, because when you read bios, you, they always leave out little nuggets, little nuggets that we should be talking about. For instance, previous roles with, of course, we already talked about Showtime. We talked about Will mm-hmm. Packer Media's. Didn't mention scrap paper pictures. And then, <laughs> and then, remember, I had to bring up Ryan Coogler. I had to bring up Michael uh-huh. Jordan. I had to bring that up. Now I got to bring up Academy Award winning actress Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love me. <laughs> 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Um, Viola is amazing. And that was, um, that was a job right after I came back. Um, that was actually before Fruitvale Station. Look at it. Like all of the dates just kind of combined. Um, I think that was before Fruitvale. Uh, she was looking for a nanny. And I was looking for a job. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so I applied uh, through the agency that I worked with that was placing me as a tutor. Um, and I got the job and worked with her for almost two years. And wow. her daughter and her husband, everybody is uh, uh, lovely. Uh, Mr. Tennant, that's her husband, Mr. Tennant. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Julius Tennant. Yeah. Um, great. And they had just started their production company. Yes. So it, I was able to really combine a lot of the passions that I had. And, like, it's really interesting to start in a job where there's not a lot of pressure. So I was able to enjoy it, right? Like, I like reading scripts wasn't my job. It was something that I could do if they, they needed help with it. I could read, give my thoughts, talk to Viola and Julius about it. And there was no real pressure applied to whether my opinion was going to be So let me hear this straight. So this is the beauty of this conversation. So... Okay, let's go back. Spellman graduate, you know, realized that she didn't like people dying on her. So she didn't want to be a doctor. Okay, so she realized that that wasn't her lane. Then she working for 
Viola Davis, but tutoring. But then she's doing she's reading scripts. And scripts can be like 125 to 150 pages, but even longer. So it's not it's not easy work now. I'm just let you know. And then she's she's in a mature manner starting to have an opinion. But you learn the structure because you learn it with top people here. Because Mr. Tennant, they got a production, I believe, Juv. I think that's the name of their yeah. production company. And uh, Viola Davis. We all know Viola Davis. Every time she acts, you go, okay, she got this award. She's probably going to get nominated yeah. for this movie that she had out this year. Because I saw it and I yeah. thought it was, a, it was an incredible acting performance on her part. But when you look at the whole process of what you're trying to, what I'm trying to say to everybody is that sometimes you're in a position where that's not your job. But if you see an opportunity to do something, extend your talents or show people your gifts, is but it may not be tied to a check. Do right. it anyway. And that's what you were doing, correct, Paige? That's correct. Now, in the process of doing that, when did you realize I could do this? Um, <laughs> when did I realize? Um, you know, it was, I was working with Wills, and we had two projects that were going to be in production, and Will was like, hey, I need you to go cover a set. And I was like, what? The, uh, I have been to visit set, and <laughs> I, uh, I've never been in charge of a set. So right. what do you mean you need me? I'm like, are you going to be there? Like, what's going to happen? And he's like, no, just you. I trust you. I trust your instincts. Like, go handle it. And I was like, I don't know what that means. A little, but okay. Um, and I was on set, and I think that, you know, something that you mentioned in terms of putting, like, having people around me, I trusted the people that were, that had been doing the job for 20 plus years or mm-hmm. longer that I, I had, and really just asked them, like, well, what would you do? And, like, how can I support you? And what do you need to do your job to the best? Ooh, of your ability? You got all the right statements, boy. What can I do to support you? Oh my! Yeah. You you're good. You're good, Paige. You you make statements like that. People, oh okay. I she's not here to fire me. She's not here to make me look bad. Which is important exactly. in how you communicate with people, especially when you when you're fresh face and a young face, by the way. Yes, a young black woman who's coming to set with you know people who have been doing it for a very long time, and they will let you know. Um, so you just have to let them know, like, I come in peace and we both have the same, you know, goals in mind. And so I think once I realized that I can communicate that way, people started to let their guard down and I started to learn so much more and grow as an executive and as a person. And I think, like, thanks to Will, I always joke to him about, I was like, you threw me in the deep end. And he was like, and you swam. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I think that's when I learned that I could that I could actually do this. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm speaking to uh, the Vice President of Television at 21 Laps Entertainment. Vice President and President of 21 Laps Entertainment. That's That says a lot about a production company that is one of the one of the most uh, uh, revered uh, in a very positive way, a production company, especially with uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, if you're yeah. not familiar with it, that's a Netflix series that uh, every time it comes out, it breaks tons of records. And... When you when you came on board with Twenty One Laps, were there anything? Because you talk about diversity. Were you talk about just the first diversity in, in the type of scripts you do? Or are you trying to bring more diverse talent to the scripts that you engage with? You know everything. I think mm-hmm. it comes from the 
initial idea comes from the initial IP. So we're bringing in books from writers from, you know, the diaspora. We're bringing in books from writers who this is their first time. We're bringing in scripts and partnering with production companies like, for instance, Marseille Martin's production company, um, Genius. We have a project with them that we're working on. Um, I'm so blessed and lucky to be working with one of my mentors, Nina Yang, from, you know, from Fruitvale, um, on a project right now. So I think we're, we're really working on building a strong, diverse team that can, you know, help with scripts and projects from the initial idea. And then, of course, casting, but also crewing up uh, and, and the post process and hoping that we can just keep continuing to push all of these diverse stories forward. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Usually when I end my interviews, I always tell, I always say things like, tell us how you can stay, we can stay in touch with you. Nope, we can't do that with you. (laughs) (laughs) What we can talk about is your future projects. You're you're an amazing resume up to this point, but it also leads to the fact that you're doing new productions. And you have a production, one of my favorite actors who I discovered on Netflix, Omar Sy, which is the Lupin Mm -hmm. actor. That, that series, that the first run captivated me, and then and they they came back with a second act series. And he recently, if you don't know Omar Sy, he was in the uh, Jurassic Park, the new movie. He's also starring in that as well. Tell us about this current project and what attracts you to this type of project. If give us some background on it before you get into it. Yeah, so this is a project um, that I was attracted to from the initial seed of the idea. Um, there was a book going around called African Samurai by Craig Shreve. And um, one of my friends was like, have you read this book? It's so good. It feels like it's up your alley. And I was like, no, I haven't, but send it to me. Um, 20 pages in, I was like, I have to have this book and I want to do this project. And it's based on the true life story of Yasuke, who is Japan's first born, uh, born samurai who happens to be of African descent. So, it, you know, takes our our story and plops it down in Japan, which is really cool. And uh, my coworker, Mora and I and I are working on it together with Forrest Whitaker and Nina Yang. Uh, Nick Jones Jr. is our writer. He wrote uh, Yasuke, the animation for Netflix. And like you said, Omar is on, you know, signed on to produce as well as star in our, our leading role. So, we are very excited about about the potential of this one. It is a it's a limited series, kind of tracking Yasuke's journey from you know, landing in Japan to becoming a samurai. Now I heard the word animation. This is live action or animation. So our version is live action, but mm-hmm. Nick has also produced the animation that is on Netflix right now. Okay, cool. Now you know she threw out another name. Say, something I always get on her. You know, she just threw out Forrest Whitaker like it was you know, Forrest Whitaker. Another name that just slips out of her mouth, you know. So, so, so I, again, you know, no biggie, no biggie, no biggie, Paige. You might, we cool, we cool. I'm just letting you know, you know, you might be at another stratosphere above Rashawn, you know, because you just throw out these names, you know, and they, no. there's no biggie, no biggie, no biggie. But I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> but again, when you work on these projects, the main question I got to ask you, Paige, is that, you know, you say a book was just circulating out there, 
you know, and how does one gain control? I know you with 21 laps, but how does one gain control of a book? Do you have to put down fees? Do you have to put down holding? I hope I'm not asking too much in detail. I'm not asking them out, but how does one <laughs> gain control of a book? And then what do you yeah. say to gain control of the book? Because it's, it's a competitive market out there. Because like I said, the, the idea sounds incredible. And then you say, why hadn't ha- why it has not been done? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we gain control? So it is having a conversation with the author, right? So Craig, Shreve, myself, and my coworker, Moira, and I sat and had a conversation about the book. Right. I mean, had multiple conversations with other people and you're, you know, you ask like kind of how you went it over. And I think it's, it's passion and uh, clear direction on like what you want to do with the project. So learning to pull out what really makes this special and what you feel like you can bring to the table, but also like we have an overall deal at Netflix. So Netflix is our only buyer. Um, so being very clear that like this project has to live on Netflix. And there are certain, like you mentioned, bingeable. There are certain things that need to happen in a series for it mm-hmm. to feel like a series. And one of those is that that bingeable quality of like, I can't stop watching this. I have to continue the entire series tonight as soon as it drops. Um, so I think Craig really, Craig, sorry, really understood our passion for it. And then we connected with our Netflix executives. Again, since we have an overall deal, we don't necessarily option the material. Netflix will option it for us. Right. And we, you know, we express our passion and our drive for it, but we explain to them creatively what we want to do with the property because straight adaptations, like we've seen, just don't work. Like you need to have a clear point of view on how you're going to adapt a book to screen. So we put together that and then, um, we just so happened to have a general meeting set with Nick Jones Jr. And we were talking to him about his animation, Yasuke, and we were like, you know, we'd love to do a live action version um, that is based on this book that we just read. And he's like, oh, well, crazy. I've been talking to Nina Yang and Forrest Whitaker about doing just that. And we were like, okay, well, should we partner on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, yeah, let me talk to Nina and, and we'll get back to you guys. And so we hopped on the phone with Nina and Nick and, you know, talked collectively about our creative vision for it. And we were aligned. And, you know, that's how that's how it happened. Wow. Sounds fantastic. You know, the, the, the most amazing part of my interview with you is that you are a real person. You're a person who has strong sensibilities, a person who who doesn't shy away from being different. When I say being different, meaning that, you know, there are paths of expectation, especially for people of color, that we are supposed to do certain things, that we're supposed to go down a path. And I always admire what is going on and what is happening at Netflix. And just get a quick back story because we have two minutes left in this, in this, in this you know, when you're, in, when you're an African-American, you're producing movies, producing television shows. The U.S., is, and especially the Hollywood community, has always said that people beyond the U.S. don't really care about our content. And what right. Netflix did was when it premieres, it premieres a project in 190 countries. <laughs> and when in uh, January of 2020, Tyler Perry dropped his movie on Netflix. And it was, I think it's like a 27 million views the first week and it set records and things like that. It really opened everybody's eyes that outside of this country, that's not true. Because he was number one in all these different countries. 
a Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry movie. And when I look at what you're doing, all, all I can say to you, Paige, is thank you. Because by having a strong voice, by having a, the commitment and a creative vision to be able to work with different people and to be able to allow us to be able to be in a position, a decision-making position is very important. And I don't want you ever to not realize how significant you are, not only to the creative community, but also to the black community. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Well, thank you for coming to my show, Spellman Grad. Keep doing your thing, and, you know, and keep uh, you know. Next time I bring on the show, we gonna we gonna I'm gonna have all those names that you left out: the Ryan Coogler, the Michael B. Jordan, the Forrest <laughs> Whitakers, the Viola Davis, the Will Packers. All that stuff gonna be in your credits, so everybody know who I'm talking to on Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Thanks for coming on my show. Okay. All right, thank you. Oh, we, we talk very, very soon. I appreciate you. You're very, very special. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate you.